Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Into our lives on the heels of our obedience to do what God tells us to do. Amen. So basically, every time we allow you an opportunity to give because we don't pull for money, uh, we don't beg for money, uh, we don't try to do things to manipulate you to try to get money out of you. All we do is present you with an opportunity to give. When you take that opportunity, every service you take that opportunity to give, you are exercising wisdom. Amen? Praise God. You ready to give? Now, understanding the move of God, I've been meditating on some of these things lately. It is my desire, and because it's my desire, I believe that God put it there. It is my desire that we do, that, that we do more than just have church. You know, that we do more than just gather together and preach a few messages and, you know, send a little bit of money over to Africa and have this speaker and do this and do that. No, it is my desire to have a real, what we would call, or what we would define as a move of God. Everybody say move of God. Now, if you understand by study of the Scripture what we're talking about, so many different uh, uh, terms we could use. You could call it revival. You could call it an outpouring. Uh, You could call it a move of God. Uh, you could call it a you could call it Holy Ghost meetings. There's all kinds of terminology we could use uh, to come up with a definition of what we as a church hunger for and desire. And when I say we as a church, I'm not just talking about Island Church, but all churches that follow the Word of God should have that hunger or desire in them. Churches where that desire has left, it has left churches uh, that have departed from what we call the faith, departed from believing God. Uh, defar- departed from uh, believing in the, in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I don't know how these doctrines got into Christianity of, uh, of powerless, what I would call powerless Christianity, that Jesus doesn't heal, that Jesus doesn't baptize in the Holy Ghost, that there's no signs, wonders, or miracles any longer. Uh, how in the world did that get into the church? You know, people say, well, I can show you in the New Testament where, 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 it's, uh, where it's done away with. And they usually go over to the Scriptures there in, in 1 Corinthians where it says uh, knowledge will pass away and prophecy will pass away. But if you notice that, it's talking about another dispensation. It says when that which is perfect has come, that that, then that which is in part will be done away with. That which is perfect has not come yet. So we still live in a dispensation in which there is activity to the Holy Ghost. Now we know by studying the Word of God, Genesis chapter 1 tells us, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and without form. And the Spirit of God, everybody say the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. So the first characteristic we see of the Holy Ghost is activity. Everybody say activity. So there should be, if the Holy Ghost is present, there should be spiritual activity in the kingdom. Now, I know many denominations have grown. Many of them are just corporate structures. They have the ability to go out and purchase land and build buildings. They have deep pockets. They have thousands and thousands of members. But here's the thing. If there's no power to what they preach, it's not the gospel. I ought to get a better amen to that. If there's no power. Now, let me, let's define power. Number one, power to save. Uh, number two, power to be filled with the Spirit of God. Number three, healing power. Number four, power in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Number five, what about the power that's in the Word of God? The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power, amen, power to cast out devils, power to bind and to loose, power to hear from God and to follow His path and to walk the paths that He gives us, amen. 
Now, during the uh, dispensation, or as the introduction of the dispensation in which we live, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost was the initiation or the beginning of the local New Testament church. Now, notice this in Acts chapter 2. Let's read it just a moment. It says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. That's chapter 2, verse 1. They were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound. Everybody say a sound. Now, this is unusual and this is unique. Because this brings us into another dimension or characteristic of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit is active. We can see that all through the Old Covenant. But when we enter into the New Covenant, we not only see activity, we see tangibility. Everybody say activity, tangibility. Say it again, activity, tangibility. Without activity and tangibility, what do we have? Dead religion. Let me say it again. Without activity and tangibility, what do we have? We have dead religion. So tangibility is realized. Notice it again. There came, suddenly there came a what? A sound. That sound is the beginning of the tangibility of the Holy Spirit because a sound is one of our five senses. Excuse me, a sound is not one of our five senses. A sound is something we can contact with one of our five senses. Our sense of hearing can contact sound. So there they sat, 120 of them, in the upper room. As Jesus had instructed them in Acts chapter 1. He said, uh, go to Jerusalem and tarry uh, for the power uh, that comes from on high. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So all of a sudden, here, I don't know what they could have been expecting. I don't know what they were expecting. But what came was a sound. Amen. Now notice this. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. You know what it sounded like? It sounded like a 747 airplane landing in that upper room. And then it did what? Notice what it did. It filled the house where they were sitting. Now how do they know it filled the house? Now remember who's writing this. This is Luke the physician. Luke is a very intellectual man. Uh, Luke is a man given to much detail. I've always said this, a good way to study the book of Acts is to read the book of Luke in tandem with the book of Acts. Just read the gospel of Luke and go right into the book of Acts. There's a great flow in that. So he's very aware of what's going on around him. He's very aware of the Word of God. Uh, he's there uh, recording this, this right here in Acts chapter uh, uh, 2. He's either recording it through eyewitness or he was there personally I don't know we're not sure of that I know that in Acts chapter 16 Luke joins the entourage of the apostle Paul in his missionary journeys but I don't know nobody is clear on whether he was present in the upper room or not but it was revealed to him that it did what it filled the house have you ever come to church here at Island Church and been in a praise and worship service I don't know about you there was a couple of weeks ago I think it was about two or three weeks ago we were having a worship service here on the Sunday morning and the presence of God just came and filled this house you say now how do you know do you know that by faith no 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 I trust by faith it happens every Sunday I trust by faith it happens every Sunday night I trust by faith it happens every Wednesday night but there was no faith in that you could sense Physically, there was that sweet anointing. There was that presence of Almighty God. Tears were flowing down my eyes. I could just sense God was in this house. Now see, that is the Holy Ghost bringing the reality or the tangibility of God into our presence. And we must understand there is a tangibility to the Spirit of God. You say, what do you mean by that? There are times when you can sense it. There are times when you can hear it. There are times when you can see it, feel it, smell it, 
or even touch it. Let me give you some examples. I was sitting on a front row, a pretty good-sized church, all here about 12, 15 years ago, getting ready to preach. One of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, discerning of spirits, which is the ability to touch the spirit realm with one of your physical senses. Never operated in my life before and hadn't since. But sitting there on the front row of, front, front row of this church fixing to preach, uh, it smelt like somebody had taken a, a hit off of a marijuana cigarette and blew the smoke right on the back of my neck. I knew what it smelt like. Leah had told me. <laughs> Amen. But I'm telling you, I knew it. I thought to myself, what is somebody behind me smoking a joint? What's going on in this church here? And so I got myself settled down a little bit, and the, Lord, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, now there are people in this church struggling with a, with a pot habit, with a marijuana habit, and they need to be delivered. Well, I got up there, and I made the, made the uh, announcement of what the Holy Spirit have told me, and the whole front of that church lined up with people. We laid hands on many of them. They were delivered of that habit just like that. Well, see, there was a tangibility to that. Other times, we were in Dundalk, Ireland one time in a great conference we were preaching. Brother Jeff Spring was with me. And the power of God came into the building like a cloud. It came in from the back of the building. It filled about three quarters of the building and hung like fog in the midst of that building. People begin to come up to the altar as we begin to have the, the, the gifts of the Spirit begin to come into operation. We begin to give words of knowledge. People would get out of their chairs to come up to the altar and they would take about one or two steps and fall flat in the floor. No ushers caught them, nothing. Nobody was hurt. Nobody, nobody was hurt. Nobody was harmed. And every person was healed that responded to that anointing that night. See a tangibility. You could see that. You could smell that. Many times we have felt the presence of God. Amen. Now, here in the upper room, the first thing that happened, there was a sound. There was a tangibility to the Spirit of God. It filled the house where they were sitting. Now, notice what it says here in verse 3. And there appeared unto them. Now, they, now they're seeing. They're not just hearing. Now they're seeing. I remember hearing the testimonies and reading the accounts of the great Welsh revival back around the turn of the 19th century, excuse me, turn of the 20th century. And how many times uh, this particular writer that I read after, Brother Leonard Ravenhill, he was a little boy and his mama would be taking him to the meetings and they would be running because it was starting to get dark. And they'd be running down the old country road trying to get to the church. In this church, revival had been going on continually for many months. In the particular town where the revival had broke out and in the region where it broke out, the move of God was so strong and the power was so strong that men in the bars and in the pubs would try to drink alcohol and couldn't get the alcohol to their lips and would drop their glasses on, their floor, on the floor and run to the church to be saved. Now, now Brother Ravenhill said when he was a little boy, as they would go to the church, they would begin to run because they could see a big ball of fire in the sky about the time the sun would set on the opposite side, on the west side, the sun, excuse me, on the east side, the sun would be setting in the west. On the east side, this big ball of fire would be coming. Here it would come out of the sky, real slow but steady, like a meteor. And it would come, 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 and the more it would come, the brighter it get, till it hit the church and just exploded. He said that happened night after night after night after night. Well, they were seeing something. Amen, they were seeing something. 
Sometimes people see angels. Sometimes people see, uh, I've, I've heard of people even here at Island Church that during worship service, praise I've had people give me this testimony that have seen Jesus appear on the stage, seen Jesus in the back of the church, seen Jesus walking up and down the aisles. That's a vision. That's tangibility. That's the ability of the Holy Ghost to open your eyes. You say, well, you think Jesus was personally present here walking up and down the aisles of the church? Well, I'm not going to debate that, but I know this. In seeing into the spirit realm, God allowed you to see something Amen. So that you might understand God was moving and God was present. So there was a sound, then there was an appearing. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, everybody say all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now this is amazing. This, this suspension of the human language so there can be an impartation of a heavenly language. Now, every time somebody speaks in tongues, you either hear it or you see it or both. If I was just to lift my hands and pray in my prayer language for a few minutes. You could hear and see that. Let me say that again. You can hear and see that proving the tangibility of the Holy Ghost. You can't just make up a language. You can't just say, ah, you can just make that up. You can just do that anytime. Okay, try it. And all you're going to do is babble or Im imitate something you, you heard on TV. What was it? Uh, Leroy Jetson, ork, ock, eek, ah, ah. Anybody remember that? How many know what that means? Anybody know what that means? Y'all didn't watch the Jetsons? Or God, that means I love you. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but when you get the Holy Ghost, you don't get Orcock Ega. You get a heavenly prayer language that people can hear and that people can see. Amen. So there is a tangibility to the move of God. Now, that is what God desires to bring back into the church. I I'm ashamed to say that there needs to be a restoration of it. I personally have never departed from it. I, from the beginning of our ministry back in 1984, the first message that I preached was on April 16th, 1984 in a little church called Lively Stones Church over in Texas City, Texas. I went over there with 10 pages of notes. I spoke for five minutes and was finished. Amen. I mean, that's just the way it happens for all you upcoming preachers. That's just the way it happens. And I thought, man, I can't do this. I don't know how to do that. But I begin to go to meetings. I begin to study after preachers. Next thing you know, in September of 84, I was in Bible school. I begin to preach some meetings. And as I begin to preach some meetings and share my testimony, full gospel businessmen in different churches, I begin to experience the tangibility of God. All of a sudden, I'd begin to know things. All of a sudden, I'd begin to feel things. All of a sudden, I'd begin to sense God's healing power. There were all of these different, not only emotions, but feelings that came along with the package of faith as I pressed into by faith. Many times I pray for people by faith with no feelings. Many times I minister to people by faith with no feelings. But then there are those times when the anointing, you can sense it. It comes upon you. It's just like somebody throws a blanket over me sometime and there's just heavy, this weight and it's sweet and it's precious. And many times I can sense when it goes into people and many times I can sense when it does not go into people. Amen. And God gave us the Holy Spirit so that those things might manifest in our lives. So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit 
in this day and hour. Two different times I've seen it, what I would call, in mass. One particular time in a city called Sligo, Ireland. I was there with another minister. He was actually the one ministering the night, that night. There were around 200 people in the service. He gave an altar call. It seems I recollect around 20 to 25 people responded to the altar call and got saved. Well, I, I felt the meeting was over. I really didn't know. I wasn't in charge of it. But he turned to me and said, do you have anything in your spirit? When he said, do you have anything in your spirit, immediately, immediately I knew I was to get up and read the scripture out of Acts chapter 2. So I just talked to him about the subsequent experience. The same spirit that abides on the inside of you for salvation is also the same spirit that will come upon you to empower you with the Holy Ghost and power. Amen? So I just began to talk. I think I talked for maybe 10 or 12 minutes and I thought to myself, I guess we'll split the crowd. There were about 200 people. I guess we'll split the crowd. He'll lay hands on this half over here. He'll lay hands on that over here. So when I said, how many want to receive the Holy Ghost? Every person in there lifted their hand. There were 200 hands in there. Well, when 200 hands went in the air, guess what happened? The Holy Ghost fell. Nobody laid hands on anybody. Nobody touched anybody. Nobody ministered to anybody. Automatically, there were 200 people praying in the Holy Ghost just like that. Another time, I was in Honduras, down on the Mosquito Coast, right on the border of Nicaragua and Honduras. We were doing a crusade there right after the Nicaraguan War. The people had been in such, such uh, desperate uh, situations. Uh, they had fired artillery into the b- villages. It was, uh, uh, there were terrorists. There were armies roaming, bandits roaming. But we began to believe, we began to see that people needed the Holy Ghost. We'd seen around 400 people saved. We did a meeting in the afternoon. It was amazing. It looked like it was going to rain all morning. So we kept postponing the meeting, postponing the meeting. People were waiting. Over 1,500 people were there. They wanted to be in the meeting. They wanted us to start something. So we just rebuked the rain. This is the most amazing thing I ever saw. We rebuked the rain. And literally, you ever seen rain when it come, come at you like a sheet? Like just a sheet of rain when you're driving or something? The rain would come right to the edge of the meeting and stop. <coughs> Excuse me. And go right over our head. To, the, to, to right on the other side where this person would be sitting right th- and start again and go right on. It did it at least a half a dozen times. Well, we preached on being filled with the Holy Ghost. And around 250 to 300 people, we said, how many people want to receive the Spirit of God? How many people want the Holy Ghost to come on them and empower them? Thank God for the new birth, but you need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need something tangible. You need something that can be seen. You need something that can be heard. You need something that can be felt. You need something that will minister to you. And you need something you can minister to other people. Well, every person raised their hand at one time. Guess what happened? Literally like a wind blowing through there. The Spirit of God hit that place, and every person that was at that meeting that afternoon was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. Now, let me add a little side note to that. The missionaries we worked with left the area. God called them somewhere else. I was concerned over the area. There were no other missionaries there. There were a couple of small churches that had started. The CIA of our, of our government, of the USA, had used churches along that Rio Coco River, which was on this side, uh, Nicaragua being on the other side, the south side of the river, uh, Honduras being on the north side of the river. They used the churches for listening posts. Many of the men that pastored the churches were CIA plants. So in order to look like a church, they'd pick up any information they could. Most of their information was picked up at airports, so guess what that was? Jehovah's Witness material. Well, these men all got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, went back to their churches. In the meantime, these missionaries left. I lost contact with anything that was going on in the area. So I I continued to pray, continued to believe God. I thought, man, God's got to do something down there. That was such a powerful crusade. 
Many were saved. Several outstanding miracles. Many people healed. And so years later, this would have probably been in the year 2000. The, that event took place in 1994-95. This would have been in the year 2000. The year 2000, I was in Temecula, California, pre preaching in a camp meeting out there. And the pastor had a fellowship for a lot of ministers. There were probably uh, 25 or 30 ministers at a luncheon sitting at a table. A man sitting across from me. I asked him who he was. I introduced myself to him. Actually, I would spoken the night before. And, and I said, who are you? And he said, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a missionary to Honduras. And I said, well, exactly where are you in Honduras? And he began to tell that he was from that exact area of where we would have had that great crusade. And I said, well, tell me what's going on there. He said, you know, some years before, like 93, 94, 95, right in there, there were some missionaries there that were here that had a crusade. This is what they told me. They said a young man, 18 years old, got filled with the Holy Ghost. And God set him on fire as an evangelist. And he's gone up and down this coast for years, raising up churches, preaching the gospel, getting people saved and healed and filled with the Holy Ghost with signs and wonders and miracles and the power and the anointing. I put my hands up at the table. Glory to God. Say, why is that? Because I knew that that's what came out of all those people getting filled with the Holy Ghost because there is a tangibility and there is activity to the Spirit of God and God wants us flowing in that in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing and then we'll close tonight. We'll pick this up, not next week, but the next week. Look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 is the great outpouring. They're in Cornelius' house. For sake of time, let's look real quick just at verse. Look at verse 44. It says, while Peter yet spake these words. Everybody say words. Now we know that God watches over his word to perform it. Now this is where people get carried away and get in, get in, get in the ditch. Remember in John chapter 7, Jesus, the last great day of the feast, stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, if anyone in here is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Notice what he said. He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures hath said. Now, thank God for all of our experiences. Thank God for what we feel. Thank God for what we see in the spirit realm, hear in the spirit realm, feel. But we still only serve God on the level of His Word. His Word is our standard for doctrine. I could tell you of all kinds of experiences happened to us, not only all over the world, but here at Island Church. But still, we do not depart from the standard of His Word. When you depart from the standard of His Word, you get in trouble. When you depart from the standard of His Word, you can open yourself up to all kinds of other spirits. There are demon spirits that love to imitate the anointing. I tell you, there are devils that know how to make you feel. There are, there are, there are, there are devils that will give you, quote, words of knowledge. That's just familiar spirits. They make it, you know, that's just an imitation of it. But if we'll stick with the Word, everybody say, with the Word. If we'll just stay with the Word, just stay with the Word. Does this line up with the Word? Does this line up with the Word? Everything that happens, everything that we experience, does this line up with the Word? I remember one particular minister. Uh, he was talking about early in his ministry. God blessed him with a great healing ministry. He'd gone on to be with the Lord. He said early in his healing ministry, oil used to flow out of his hands. He said he'd begin to minister to people in oil. Just drip. He said, I just put my hands in my pocket. He said, that quit happening. 
So somebody asked him one day, why'd you put your hands in your pocket? Why, why'd you do? He says, because I didn't have any scriptural basis for that in the Word of God. See, we've got to have scriptural basis. You know, we've got scriptural basis for people getting saved. You know, we've got scriptural basis for people getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. We've got scriptural basis for signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Spirit. But there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on that there's no scriptural basis for. And listen, you can always tell when it's not God. You say, how there's no practical uh, application. There's no practical uh, thing that it is. Like, like, I remember the gold dust days. Anybody remember the gold dust days? Whenever you, every, every church you went to, there was gold dust, gold dust. Every, well, what did that prove? Nothing. No, I remember one particular minister, uh, in many of his meetings, people's teeth were filled with gold. Now, now, for years, I thought, well, that's cool, that's good. I never had it in, 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 in any of our meetings. But Lee and I, one time, uh, we were with, you know, our background. We were uh, raised in Brother and Sister J.R. Goodwin's church. Uh, Brother and Sister Goodwin, were, 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 that's where Brother John Osteen was baptized in the Holy Ghost in their living room. They were literally counselors and pastors to Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. And so talking with Mom Goodwin one time, I told her about this individual, named his name, and said, man, I've seen people, their, their, their teeth would fill with silver, they're filled with gold. Nana looked at me and said, that's not God, Rusty. What do you mean that's not God? She said, why would, why would God fill somebody's teeth with gold or silver? If God filled it, He'd fill it with what? Tooth enamel. Tooth. You say, well, was that the devil? Well, I don't know. I'm not here to debate what that was or, was or what that was not. But just like if God was going to heal a tree out there, He wouldn't do it with this piece of metal. Are you with me? So you got to be careful. Everybody say, be careful. And then we watched that individual's ministry over the years, and sure enough, it did go into the ditch. Went into the ditch with all kind of crazy things, all kind of crazy manifestations, all kind of things happening. But here's the thing. We stick with the Word. We stick with the Word of God. Now in Acts chapter 10, notice what it says. It says, when Peter yet spake these words, he was speaking the Word of God. You can go back and study the, the message that he preached. He said, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the Word. So as they heard the Word, as Peter preached the Word, then the Spirit of God, what? Came back into that active realm, into the activity of God. He fell. You say, well, how do you know he fell? Somebody could obviously tell, hey, man, the Holy Ghost is falling around here. You ever been in a service where the Holy Ghost was falling? You can tell it's the Holy Ghost. You can tell it's the Spirit of God. That's why you ought to just lift your hands up. We've tried our best to teach people around here. Many times when the Holy Ghost begins to move, people begin to applaud. Now, it's not wrong to clap. We'll clap at the end of the services. We'll give special music people clap, uh, an applause. We'll, 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 we'll give an applause for our children or other things. But when the Holy Ghost moves, the Apostle Paul says, just lift up your hand and begin to worship God. Just open your mouth and begin to worship and thank Him. I've noticed over the years that that's just like pouring gasoline on a fire. Many times applause and clapping causes that anointing to begin to recede and wane. But lifting your hands up and worshiping the Lord and magnifying His name many times just takes it to another level and the Spirit of God can move on a greater level than even it was moving on. Amen? Now notice this and we'll close. It says, And they that were of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles, thank God, that's us, Amen? was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, how did they know? Here's how they knew. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. 
That became the proof. That became the evidence. As they begin to speak in other tongues, as they begin to rejoice, as the Spirit begin to come upon them, they begin to notice, hey man, this is a move of God. This is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's tangible. He's active. Thank you. Holy Spirit. So you say, why are we teaching this? So we can recognize one of the things we've done over the years is to do our best to stay appreciated. Somebody challenged me one time. Said, well, if you had a move of God in your church, you'd just have Holy Ghost meetings every service. That's not true. Now, I felt like that when I first started the church because that's the kind of meetings we had for almost 20 years on the field. Every church we went into, we'd have Holy Ghost meetings. The Spirit of God would move. Signs and wonders and miracles. But in a local church setting, it is the mandate of the pastor to feed the flock the Word of God. Now, if you've been here, anybody that's been here over two years, you've noticed. You've noticed. You've observed. Sometimes we'll go a month. Sometimes we'll go two months. Sometimes we'll go three months. I've never seen it go more than three months in which we'll just teach the Word and teach the Word. People will come up and get saved. People will come up and get healed. We'll just teach the Word, teach the Word. Then all of a sudden, just like you flip a switch, the Holy Ghost will fall on a service. Well, that's just God confirming the Word, showing us, showing us we're on the right track. And then God gives us what the Bible calls in Acts chapter 4, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. That's what we're going to have next, not, not this coming week, but the next week. That's our fall harvest conference. Different ministry gifts will come. Different anointings, different tangible. You know what you're going to do? You're going to hear, you're going to see, and you're going to feel the move of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know that's the greatest atmosphere you can ever live in, in your life, is where the Holy Ghost is moving. And we thank God for it here. Amen. Lift your hands up and thank God for it. Father, we thank you tonight for the move of your Spirit among us, for that which you've done over the years. We're so grateful. We're so appreciative for those times of refreshing, for that outpouring of the Holy Ghost, for the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the people, the expression on their faces when the pain leaves, the joy in their hearts when the depression lifts. Oh, we're so thankful for the presence of God when it comes in so sweetly in our praise and worship. For you, Father, said you inhabit the praises of your people. Father, we're so grateful. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. Now lift your hands up, if you will, for just a moment and pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit for just a moment. Just allow the Holy Ghost to refresh you for just a moment. We'll leave here in just a moment. Oh, brande sobre stelebeke. Kibran babala sur mercelebe kebruto sobre ti stelebe. Ibran dele moko sobre ti abracastorbo sobre ti abracastorbas. Sur bandele meke sobre ti abacastorbandele mo sobre ti tebekosi. Sur mandala maka sobre ti tereboko sobre ti telebokoso. Sur mandala maka terebo sobre ti tereboko sobre ti abaha. Mondare maka sobre ti abarasebra kistara ma sobre ti abacastebehete. Oh, randele ma che sebro, donda la ma che sobri, andale ma che sebro, sebro andale ma che sobri, di andare ma che sobri, di sterebe sobri, taiebra che Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you've got a message in tongues, wave at me so I can see. If that's you, go ahead, Pat, give that out. Uh, for yes, you've seen some. 
you've experienced a little. You've seen a little bit of that which I can do and manifest. But if you'll stay on the path that you're on, if you'll continue to press in the Spirit with the Word being your guide, you will enter into dimensions of anointings. You will enter into places in the Spirit in which many have never entered in. And this place will become known as a place where my spirit moves. It'll become known as a place in which the gifts operate freely and fully. Therefore, do not pull back into empty or dead religion, but rejoice and press in by the word and with your faith. And in the days ahead, you shall experience the tangibility of the Holy Ghost in ways you never have before. And its sweetness shall not come into part, but it shall linger. And be in your lives, in your home, at your jobs and businesses. It shall go with you and guide you and direct you. It shall take the written word and reveal the living word, Jesus. It shall manifest gifts and produce the fruits that you need and desire to live a victorious, overcoming life in the last of the last days. For surely I said in my word, in these days I would pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters would prophesy. Your old men would see dreams and visions. Upon my handmaidens would pour out of my spirit, saith the Lord. Therefore rejoice that you live in that day, that you live in that hour, and you live in that time in which the Spirit of God is moving amongst you. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and receive that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We so desire. We so desire. We so desire. We so desire. We open ourselves up. Help us to remain pure and clean and holy. We know that you like a clean house. We know that you cleanse the temple. That Jesus cleansed the temple. Then the Bible said, Then came the halt, the withered and blind, and he healed them there. Cleanse the temple, Father. Cleanse the temple, Jesus. Thank you for your blood that cleanses us from all sin and all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. You love the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409 770 9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.